Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you've joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. So let's get in the Word. Are you ready for the Word this morning? Amen. Amen. So how many, how many of you have purposed, let's see, today's January 9. How many of you have purposed to do better this year? Yeah. Yeah, we all, we all face a new year, and I, I know we're like a couple of weekends past now and everything, so it's kind of bygone, but I just want to back up here. I'm not going to dwell here very long, uh, but I just want to back up here for a minute and say, you know, we always greet every new year seemingly with this optimism uh, that there's going to be an improvement over the last that somehow or another we're going to rectify all of the wrongs that we did back then. We're going to make it all right moving forward, and it's going to be a better, more prosperous, happier, more successful venture in the new year than it was in the old. And, you know, in our church, and by design and by purpose, and I believe by leadership of the Holy Spirit, we spend a lot more time talking about the being of Christianity than we necessarily do the doing of Christian things. And, and that's important, and we should, because truly the doing without the being is an empty thing. But on the same token, being without doing, James tells us, is dead faith. And, and we don't want to be either of those things. You've got to find a balance in there of where you are sincerely being a follower of Christ, where you are sincerely seeking the Lord and wanting to be his disciple. And, and then somewhere along the way, though, that, that knowing about God, that pursuit of God and his presence and welcoming the Holy Spirit into our lives and being a sincere believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. Somewhere along the way, that belief, that knowledge has to translate into a doing in our lives. It has to impact the way that we do life. And if we're going to take a serious assessment of our lives as believers, we have to ask a couple of questions. Number one, we have to ask, are we growing spiritually? Are we growing in the Lord? Are we maturing in the things of Christ? Not only are we growing spiritually, but we have to ask, are we progressing in areas of weakness? And as I said, often in the new year comes a new focus and we're, we're right. We're right to do that because it gives us a restore point, a reset spot, someplace that we can have as a starting block to get out and say, hey, it's, it's now or never, let's go for broke, let's, let's head after this thing, let's pursue it. But doing better and growing and increasing and improving shouldn't be a New Year's thing. It should be an always thing. There, there, when we realize there are areas in our lives where we need to grow, when we realize there are things that are lacking in our maturity, we need to be ready to pursue those things January through December, every day that we live. Let me tell you something about your life. You're not going to get to the end of your life and look back and say, wow, that was a great life just as a, a sum total but what you'll be looking back on are years 
great years, made up of great months, made up of great weeks, made up of great days, made up of great moments, where moment by moment by moment by moment, not just one singular decision in your life, but moment by moment by moment by moment, you purposed in your heart that you were going to follow Jesus. You were going to seek after him, and not only were you going to seek after him, but you were going to follow him in his footsteps because he's left that example for us. So my job as a pastor is to, is to serve as a spiritual shepherd for this congregation, to point the ways to greener pastures and, and to encourage you to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord. And this year, Pastor Lisa and I are going to be challenging you to go deeper in your walk with the Lord. So this is a message for everyone. It doesn't matter where you are on the spectrum of your journey of faith. If you're a new babe in Christ or if you're a seasoned saint, it doesn't matter because as long as God has you here, drawing breath on this side of eternity, there is more of him for you to know. There are deeper depths for in him for you to go. There are greater things for you to attain. There's more of his spirit. There's a greater anointing than you've ever known before now for the next several weeks to lay a foundation for the year ahead I'm going to be challenging us as a church to consider walking in wisdom and considering wisdom in our daily walk and I want you to think about right now some area in your life wherein you're struggling something that you're just saying man if I if I could I would improve this. Have, have you got it? You got it? Okay, good. I want you to think about some area in your life wherein you're struggling, and I want you to consider how different it might be as we begin to talk about wisdom today and how it affects and impacts our lives. Now, throughout this year, I want to challenge you to operate in wisdom and see how things in your life begin to change now I want to encourage you in this way because we live in a very unwise generation man I thought that would have hit harder let me say I want to encourage you with wisdom because we live in a very unwise generation now, this is neither a political statement nor a scientific declaration, but I believe that you and I have been able to witness in recent days many things in our society that serve as an apt illustration to this point that conventional wisdom is not a go-to for a lot of people. Oddly enough, now this is what I want you to understand, and this is going to be applicable for you today. How many of you are regular church attenders? How many of you regularly read your Bible? How many of you regularly pray and seek God? Amen, you're good Christian folk. How many of you know all the stories in the Word? David and Goliath, Samson, Daniel in the lion's den, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Jesus and Peter and John. You know, you know all the stories, right? You, you know all that stuff right 
Now, here's, let, me, let me draw this parallel here. I said to you that we live in an unwise generation, and you said amen. Now, oddly enough, we also live in a world wherein knowledge increases day by day by day by day, right? I can remember as a kid watching the Jetsons and going, and today I answer FaceTime. It's just, I mean, it, knowledge is just increasing exponentially. And even though knowledge is increasing, wisdom does not abound. And while wisdom has its basis in knowledge, we've got to know the truth of God in order to be freed by it. We've got to know the way of abundance in order to walk in it. The Bible says that my people perish for a lack of knowledge. In other words, we don't even know what's ours to have. And because of that, we might languish. But there are some of us that know what's ours and we know who we are and we know whose we are and we often know enough to stay alive but we often fail to apply enough of what we know to thrive. Did that make sense? Did you, you follow that? And when, when we have knowledge without wisdom, it will lead us to very frustrating places. We know how it's supposed to work because we've seen it work for Daniel, trolled up out of the lion's den. We've seen it work for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, delivered through the fire with their ropes burned off, but their clothes not even singed, nor smelling like the stench of what they just came out of. We know how it's supposed to work, but often are the times that we walk through this life frustrated because it doesn't seem that it's working in kind for us. And I want to submit to you today that often it's that way because while we have the knowledge of the principles and the precepts of God, we fail to apply them to this mortal life, this natural living, this life that God has given us, and we fail to walk in wisdom. And when we have knowledge but we don't apply wisdom, we will end up in very frustrating places. We're encouraged over and over and over in the scripture to get wisdom. Get wisdom. As a matter of fact, if you've got your Bible with you this morning, I want you to turn with me to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4, and in that, Solomon is writing and he's pleading in the Spirit's inspiration with his son that he would get wisdom. And he, he talks about this. And I want you to listen. I want you to listen to this as we're going through it, listen intently to the words here. Get wisdom, verse 5 begins. Get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the word of my mouth. Listen. Do not forsake her, and she will preserve you. Love her, and she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and in all you're getting, get understanding. Listen, we do a lot of getting. 
We do a lot of getting in our lives. We, we, we have to get to work. We have to, we have to get some money. We have to get some food. We have to get some clothing and all these things. But Solomon said, hey, the principal thing here in your life is that you get wisdom. And I'm telling you, church, that when you and I get to a place that we are pursuant of the wisdom of God, some of the other things that we pursue that we are so concerned with getting begin to follow after wisdom we don't have to pursue and strive and strength they begin to follow as we begin to walk in wisdom listen to this exalt her and she will promote you she will bring you honor when you embrace her she will place on your head an ornament of grace a crown of glory she will deliver to you that's good living church that's good living. That's the way God intends for us to live. Matter of fact, that's reminiscent of the words of Jesus who said, the thief comes not but to kill, to steal, and destroy. But I have come that you would have life and have it more abundantly. That's the picture of it right there. An ornament of grace on your head and a crown of glory. Now, I understand this. I'm going to come back. I'm going to circle back again and, and double down on this right here. Getting wisdom is not limited to simply coming into this place or any other place where we posture ourselves to learn biblical principle and add to our knowledge base. Getting wisdom asks two questions. It demands two questions. Number one, what does the word of the Lord say to me? Number one, what does the word of the Lord say? And honestly, church, if I can be very frank with you this morning, that's where a lot of us leave off with it. It's once we've satisfied the query, what does the word say? That's where we just break off and we just take off and we begin to operate in folly oftentimes because there's a there's a subsequent question there that begs to be asked and that is how does what the word says apply and impact my life or better yet how do i fashion my life according to the word do you remember when jesus uh, told a story to, to contrast the difference between wisdom and foolishness. He told the story about two builders, and he said there was a wise builder who went out to build, and he built his house upon a rock. And the rains came down, and the winds blew, and the waves beat, and the house that was on the rock stood. And there was a foolish builder, and the foolish builder went out, and he built his house in the sand. And he said that, that the winds came, the same conditions of life, the same circumstances came and, and, and besieged that house. And it said, and the house that was built in the sand fell and great was its fall. And he said, I will liken the man, the woman who hears these words of mine and does them to the wise builder 
who built his house on a rock. I'm challenging you today, church. We're going to be challenging you in the coming weeks to not only be hearers of the word, but to be doers also because therein is the essence of wisdom. It's not only knowing about the thing, but it's acting in accordance with the thing that we know. It's the wisdom of God. Now, as you're studying the word this, this year, it's very, very important, not simply knowing what it says, but knowing also what it means for your life as a believer. And I'm gonna tell you something, and, and I'll tell you this after years and years and years of Bible study, there are some things that you're gonna read in the word that you're gonna have to set down with the Lord. You're gonna have to close yourself away with the Holy Spirit. You may have to surround yourself with some good Christian mentors and begin to ask the question, now what does this mean for my life? The Spirit of the Lord will reveal those things to you. The Spirit of the Lord will speak through a prophet. The Spirit of the Lord will, will speak to you through a friend, a counselor, and you can have understanding. But you need to concern yourself with the getting of wisdom and understanding in this life because I fear that there are a lot of people who are living frustrated and jacked up lives in the church because while they have a head full of knowledge about the things of God, they don't have a heart full of wisdom that is translating into feet that are following in the footsteps of Christ. Now, it's not simply the knowledge of principles that leads to life and prosperity but the full and abundant life offered by Christ that we ask not only what would Jesus do, but that we purpose to do the same. I, I can't tell you how many times I've seen people behaving unseemly, rude, nasty, snotty, wearing a WWJD bracelet or having one of those bumper stickers on their car. Don't ask! if it's not going to matter to you. Don't ask if it's not going to change anything about you. It's a moot point. But when we ask, what would Jesus do? We've then got to be ready to purpose to live our lives in kind and follow the example that he set for us. Now, uh, we're going to take just a brief look here at wisdom's definition, and I'm, I think I'm going to put it up here on the screen Wisdom is the soundness of an action or decision with regard to the application of experience, knowledge, and good judgment. In other words, wisdom is the way that you behave yourself in such a way that manifests a knowledge about something. You, you act, you decide, you order your life in a way that demonstrates that you understand the principles of the kingdom of God. That's what wisdom is. Now, can, can we just be honest here today? How many times in life have we looked back on things that we have said, things that we've done, and realized that what we had done was created a mess for ourselves because our actions and decisions did not display uh, we're not a good display of what we knew about the given situation. In other words, you were old enough to know better, you were just too young to care, right? And, and you knew better, but you did it anyway, 
and you created a mess for yourself, you dug a hole for yourself, whatever the case may be. Now, this is going to sting just a little bit, okay? I love you. I love you, and, but this is going to sting just a little bit because the truth hurts. I searched for the antonym of the word wisdom. And I don't know what I was expecting, but the chief result was not pleasant. Because I searched the term, antonym for the word wisdom. And the first number one result that came up in my search was stupidity. Stupidity. And I said, ow. Stupidity is behavior that shows a lack of good sense or judgment. You say, well, I thought foolishness would have been the antonym of wisdom. Not really, because wisdom actually is an application. Foolishness is just a state of being. You can be foolish and keep your mouth shut and stand still and nobody knows that you're foolish. But when you begin to manifest actions and decisions that show that you don't know nothing... Everybody knows. It tells on you, doesn't it? How many of you can say, Pastor, I, I'm not where I want to be right now. I'm dealing with some mess in my life. I'm feeling the pain and the strain of my stupidity. It's rhetorical, okay? Just, you don't, you don't have to. Let me, let me tell you something. Many of the hardships that I have faced in this life weren't because I didn't know better. They were simply because I chose to act contrary to what I knew about the situation. I, I exhibited behavior that showed a lack of good sense or judgment. In other words, I behaved stupidly. I'm, I'm tired of groping. I'm tired of just getting by. Are you tired of that church? I'm, I'm tired of living frustrated and rung up and, and, and bothered all the time. Aren't you tired of that? Don't you want something more? Don't you want the crown of grace on your head? Don't you want the crown of glory that wisdom brings into your life? Aren't you ready to get serious and put some things aside and say, God, I want to walk in wisdom because I want to abound in your goodness. I want to abound in your favor I want to abound in your grace I want to be joyful I want to be I want to live a life that is pleasing to you and I want to walk in wisdom amen now I want to ask you because I'm passionate about this I want to ask you about how wisdom or I want you to begin to dream with me for just a minute about how wisdom might impact your life and I'm passionate about today's message because we live in a world that champions and promotes so many different personas. Again, wisdom is not one of those personas promoted by the world. As a matter of fact, if you will step forth in wisdom, this world will chide you, it will scorn you, it will ridicule you and put you down and try to suppress you and shut you up. This, this world promotes personas of irreverence, being disrespectful, being belligerent, being malicious, 
being right at all costs, being vile, being profane, being many other things. I mean, you can be any of those things. As a matter of fact, you can excel to superstardom with any of these personas right here in this world. If you will be irreverent and vile, you can sell a million records tomorrow. You sing to people about the goodness of God and, and wanting to tell people about how much God loves them and things, it's a struggle. But you, you let yourself be vile and wretched and put that out there before the world, you, then, then you'll have some fans. You'll have some followers. And I'm, what I'm inviting you into today isn't going to be a cakewalk, but I want to tell you something. All these things are contrary to wisdom and consequently contrary to kingdom principle. These are things, all of these things are things that feed our carnality. They're all things that stroke our pride. They, they promote an irrationality in our actions that often leads us to harmful places. But let me tell you about wisdom. And here's the really difficult spot to be in right now, and that is that wisdom is not accommodating. See, while the personas of the world that they celebrate, that they rejoice in, they're all accommodating to my natural man. I, I, can, I can be as anything as I want to be, and it's cool with the world. But, and, and not only is it cool with the world, but it strokes and it satisfies my carnality, the flesh in me the part of me that needs redeeming the part of me that needs regenerating in the holy spirit the part of me that needs renewing in the word all of those things it 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 feeds those things and the interesting part is in luke chapter 9 and verse 23 jesus says if any man will follow after me he must deny himself take up his cross it's a sacrificial act and follow after me in other words some of me has to die to follow him to the place of abundance that he's offered me and wisdom does not is not accommodating to our carnality here's why and and i'm gonna i'm gonna touch some nerves here some of you are just it's gonna be uncomfortable it was uncomfortable for me to to be led of the spirit to to write these things down and it was challenging but did you know that wisdom dispels our immaturity when you come to a situation to behave like a child wisdom says get out this is this is not it we this is not the right way this is not the right way when, when, when we begin to operate in wisdom, wisdom refuses to succumb to pride. Wisdom will not bow down to your pride. It doesn't care about your ego. It doesn't care about your reputation. It doesn't care about your self-image. Wisdom refuses to succumb to pride. Wisdom will not yield to our lusts. In other words, when you're standing in that place and you're getting ready to sign that dotted line to buy something you don't need with money you don't have to impress people that you don't like, wisdom said, put it back. Put it back. <laughs> you don't need it. Wisdom 
Wisdom does not cater to our emotions. Wisdom will not bow to our fear. Now, before I move on, I want to ask how often do we make decisions or we take actions with one of those things, immaturity, pride, lust, emotion, fear, that are the driver in the driver's seat only to find out later that we've made a mess of things. Your good sense says don't do that, but your ego says, hey, don't stop now. Your, your sense of reasonability says you don't need that, but your sense of entitlement says you deserve it. And wisdom says, I know how you feel about this thing or about that thing, but the right thing to do is... We're talking like, we're talking grown-up stuff today, church. We're talking grown-up stuff. Let me, let me ask... How would your relationships look if you began to operate in wisdom? Wisdom in your relationship behaves itself in accordance with a knowledge that knows that not every that with, in accordance with a knowledge that understands that everyone loses when there's a winner in an argument. Wisdom apologizes and admits wrong even when the other person doesn't. Wisdom recognizes that it takes two to argue and refuses to be a part of the problem, but rather purposes to be a part of the resolution. Wisdom values the thoughts and the feelings of another person above its own pleasure and comforts. I want to ask you this. What would your finances look like in the coming year if you operated in that area with wisdom? No longer driven by impulse, but by principle and by purpose. If there were different criteria for your purchases other than this seems to be what everyone else is doing, how would things be different in your life? You know, as parents, Lisa and I never set boundaries for our kids because we wanted to deprive them of anything. It was never our goal. We set boundaries before them and around them because we didn't want them to get hurt. We, we gave them operating parameters based on our knowledge and experience that was superior to theirs, and they would be left with two choices. Trust that we knew what we were talking about and act in accordance. And the second choice was to forge ahead and find out the hard way that we were right. Now, we never told them not to touch the iron because we valued the iron above them. We just didn't want to see them getting burned. And I believe there are a lot of people who go through this life getting burned over and over and over again simply because they refuse to heed the instruction of a loving father that says, hey, this is not good for you. Hey, you shouldn't do that. Hey, it's not wise to be in this position or to put yourself over there. This is the way. Walk in it, says the still small voice of the Lord. But somehow or another, we feel like we know better and we keep finding out the hard way over and over and over again that that wasn't the best thing for our lives. Now, life is hard. Can somebody say amen? Life is hard, but it's harder, many times harder, without wisdom. 
Life is hard when you're wise. It's even harder when you behave foolishly. You know, sometimes we read the scripture and it almost seems like the author just made some kind of random interjection. 1 Corinthians comes to mind in the, in the 12th, 13th, 14th chapters as Paul is talking about the exercise of spiritual gifts and the dispensation of gifts. And he's in chapter 12 and he's carrying on about the gifts. And then he gets to chapter 13 and he says, hey, let me tell you about love. And then in chapter 14, it resumes again. And it, it, it almost seems like a parenthetical statement, like an interjection there in the middle of something else. But it, you know, as we begin to study that in context, we begin to realize that that's not just a random interjection. That's Paul telling us that, hey, the, the operating premise of spiritual gifts should be love. Because it doesn't matter how much other stuff you can manifest in your life. If you can't manifest love, then none of the other stuff really matters. And James chapter five, uh, James chapter one, verse five is is one of those areas too where it almost seems like James comes in with just a, a random interjection, and he says this: If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask, and the Lord who supplies all things will give it to him liberally and he's, up to this point James has been talking to us as a church about finding, uh, walking through the hardships of life walking through the challenges and the difficulties of this life and saying hey don't be surprised when the hard times come don't be surprised when the challenge arrives and it, it almost seems to us like he just stops there abruptly and says and hey and if you need wisdom get you some wisdom God will give it to you but no, it's, it's all contextually the same statement. We begin James chapter 1, verse 2, and James says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. You're going to walk through some hardships. You're going to face some hard times. You're going to have some difficult choices in this life. It's going to come. Nobody ever promised you smooth passage. The storms are going to raise. And they're going to rock your boat. But in the middle of it, James says, and listen, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives to all liberally and without reproach and it will be given to him listen so oftentimes we we, we want to face the the storms of this life the hardships the trials when they come we we want to run in and we want to know it all and we want to just we just want to sort it out and figure it out and 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 we keep stepping in it over and over and over and over again and james says to us hey what you need to do is when you face the hardship of life you need to tap the brake just a little bit humble yourself and understand that god's not going to boot you out because you don't know what to do in this given situation and look to him and say spirit lead me 
direct my steps. Lord, I understand that the steps of the righteous man are ordered by God. And right now, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to figure it out. I know what Wall Street says about it. I know what somebody else has said about it. I know what another institution has said about it. But God, what do you say about it? And how would you have me move? And how would you have me operate? And you get in this word, and it may not be in there by name, but it's in there by principle. And when you find that truth, you not only stand in that truth, but you operate in that truth, and you move in accordance with that truth. And that, my friend, is the beginning of wisdom. And you will find that God will move in your life in ways that you've never thought possible. It's God's will. Who was, it on, who was it on TV used to always say, my mama didn't raise no dummy? Anyway, that's beside the point, I guess. God's not raising a foolish generation. It's, it's not God's intent for you and I to be a part of this unwise generation. He, he wants you and I to be like the Old Testament declares about the men of Issachar. They understood the times. And understanding the times is great. There's a lot of people understand the times and sit around and prognosticate and pontificate and all these things about what's going on in the times. That's great. That's all well and good. But it says also of those men of Issachar, they understood the times and they knew what the children of Israel should do. Church, we live in difficult days, but they're not days void of victory. They're not, they're not days void of blessing. They're not days void of God's favor and grace. But we need to be in tune not only with, with the Spirit of God as far as knowing about the day that we live in, but we need to be in tune with the direction of the Holy Spirit to know how to order our lives, to know how to walk after the principles of God and live in wisdom. That is God's will for your life. Stop seeking the advice of your embittered friends on what you need to do. Get on your face before God and say, God, give me wisdom. Stop asking financial advice from your broke friends and get on your face before God. Stop trying to keep up with people that have stuff that you don't need that you can't get and get on your face before God and say, Spirit, lead me. And the grace of God will abound in your life when you purpose to walk in wisdom. Amen? Would you stand with me today? And I want to pray a prayer of blessing and favor over your life. We're going to close this morning very simply with a, an invitation that if you're here today and you'd say, Pastor, I've, I've just got some areas in my life that I'm really struggling through that I, I just really need a clear sense of direction. I need the Lord to open up understanding and wisdom to me. I've made a mess. I need to, I've been presented a mess. Somebody else has brought a mess. And I just need to know. If that's you today, I want to challenge you that these altars are open. 
just come and get on your face before God call out to him we may come pray with you we may not but touching heaven is the principal thing but wherever you are in this place right now I want to pray this prayer over you God I know that there's not an individual under the sound of my voice for whom you have not planned a grand and glorious tomorrow And God, though we live in a wicked and perverse generation, help us to grow in you to the point that we're as harmless as doves and wise as serpents. That we understand not only the times, but that we know how the child of God should order their lives should order their relationships, should order their family, should order their home, should order their finances, should order their lives in a way that is pleasing and pursuant to your will. And God, we believe, we believe, Lord, that you are desirous to crown us with glory and to bestow grace upon grace in our lives, Lord, that we never dreamt of. And we give you the glory, the praise, and all the honor. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Help us walk in wisdom, Lord. And we give you praise in the name of Jesus. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.